Hi, I'm Brandy. And I'm Angelina. And welcome to Talk 40 to Me. We're having all the candid conversations you'd have with your bestie. Join us as we unpack life in our 40s and all the questions that led up to this next chapter. Hi, everyone. I am so excited about today's guest. I first had the pleasure to work with this brilliant mind who consulted for a previous company I worked for. And I put her in my pocket and brought her in to consult for other projects, as well as just being an amazing friend, soundboard, voice of reason and wisdom for me as I continue down my life journey. She is a highly accomplished North Jersey girl living in Texas and a proud daughter of Dominican Republic immigrants, a girl mom, three-time entrepreneur, investor, strategist, podcast host, 20-year marketing veteran, and a real-life optimist. I could just go on and on and on about this person, but I'll let her elaborate on her story. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Kathy Guzman-Galloway. Thank you. What an intro. I feel like I, I need a, like a ball gown or something to enter. <laughs> to enter the room. I love it. Thank you. You are most welcome. You deserve it after all Thank that hard work. You. I appreciate it. And I'm thrilled to be here and get to participate in this new venture for you and to get to meet your friend, Angelina, who you've said so many wonderful things about. I know. It's so nice to be able to virtually meet you, Kathy. Brandy just speaks so highly of you. And um I, I would love to know more, and I'm sure everyone listening would love to know more because, I mean, talk about an intro. So tell me about your background, your career, and what led you to where you are. Just give us a little bit about Kathy. Sure. Well, I was born on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> Maybe that's too much. I was born on a Wednesday, too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wednesday. What did they say? Wednesday's child is full of woe, which I don't think is true. Oh, I don't I don't feel full of woe at all. I feel neither. Do I? I don't know. Rainbows. I feel great. So I was going to say you strike me as a rainbows and sunshine kind of gal. I, I try to be. I mean, don't catch me on like a Tuesday night laying on the couch face down. But otherwise, <laughs> yes. Um, so a little bit about me I and mean, my family's from the Dominican Republic, as Brandy noted. I was born and raised in New Jersey, made my way to Texas to get my MBA at the University of Texas at Austin. And and that landed me in a in a job at in the PepsiCo universe. So I worked at Frito-Lay for quite a few years um, and, and really where I got the foundation for all things that I do now. Um, it's one of those, one of those um, jobs that really beat you up, but gives you just as much in return in value. Um, and sometimes you don't see that till you leave. So, so it's hard to see it in the moment, but it certainly was um, a high value situation for me. I left there, worked at a few other companies, got laid off twice and quit a crazy job and finally said, I'm, I'm done with this. This isn't for me. I, I want to take control of my headed. And that's what led me to consulting. Um, I, I started consulting in 2013, coming up on my 10-year mark, and I've had the chance to work with an amazing group of brands from pre-rev to Fortune 500. I focus on strategy and innovation consultant for CPG, consumer packaged goods companies. And, and I love that work. I love that what I do. That's sort of my, my main job. 
but I do a bunch of other things. As, as Brandy mentioned, I do have a podcast called Fork in the Road, uh, which is for women who get to this moment in their career. They're trying to figure out what comes next. Do I keep this job? Do I quit? Do I start? You know, do I become a, a nurse? Do I stay home with my kids or maybe just move to Costa Rica and make hats? Like, what, what should I do with my life? And then I also work for a company and, or I should say more like partner for a company called SKU, which is an accelerator, um, a training program for founders who are working on their own CPG products. I mentor folks, I'm working on a course and, and I've got two teenage girls. So I'm pretty busy. I'm a busy, busy parent. I mean, wow. I mean, that's just, that's a lot. That's awesome. Uh, one thing you said, uh, or go to Costa Rica and make hats. Brandy mm-hmm. and I would always joke like we're gonna buy an island and we're just gonna like teach yoga and like make smoothies or something. A hundred percent. We're gonna go buy ourselves a friendship island and just live in our own little bubble. Um, <laughs> if you want to invite me, I will bring the margaritas. <laughs> I am there. Done. You're invited. You are <laughs> added to the list. Thank oh you. my gosh! Yeah, there's Kathy. There's so much that you've said and. First, when you're talking about fork in the road, I mean, there's so many people we speak to, including myself and Angelina, have been in that situation where you're in a role and you're trying to decide between, you know, where do you where do you want to go next? And you have these opportunities that are amazing opportunities and you're trying to figure out, you know, what is the right path for you? And I've listened to your podcast and the women you feature just have it's what's so interesting about it is so many people they all they all find their way and it all turns out great and and it's such incredible stories do you want to share a little bit more about some of the things that are some of the topics that are featured as well as just maybe things that you have learned from those conversations yeah, absolutely. And I'll just educate the audience a little by saying this, the first season was a series of stories of women who had come into that fork in the road and were trying to figure out what to do. And then they sort of worked through whatever situation they were working through and came out to the other side um, much happier. Season two is going to be focused on what specifically do I need to do to get through the fork. So I'm, I've am i interviewed, uh, season two is coming out soon, but I've interviewed a bunch of experts in their respective areas talking about things like, how do I build a financial plan to quit my job? How do I start networking when I haven't networked before? So they're really sort of surgical questions to help us actually get through the fork in the road. But in the first season, I think one of the biggest learnings actually related to what what you just said, Brandy, that that in the end, things work work themselves out. And and a lot of what I heard through those stories was this sort of commitment and faith that, you know what, I'm I'm just going to go and I'm going to do what I'm going to do, whatever that do is. And I'm just going to assume that on the other side, things are going to be great because otherwise I'll be stuck here trying to make decisions. And and there's a sort of general feeling of pushing forward and pushing through even when things are muddy and we don't know what's happening. And it reminds me of a, a quote a friend of mine said that the universe is rigged in your favor. And, and that's a lot of what gets talked about in this is that we, we're sort of operating with this assumption that things are going to work itself out. The other thing that I heard in the podcast was this idea that you need a 
an ecosystem around you to really support you through that. That could be your spouse, but it could be your best friend, or it could be your lawyer or your accountant as it was for one of them. It really doesn't matter where that source is coming from so long as you've got people there to kind of gut check what you're saying and and remind you that you've got this and that you can push forward and that things are gonna gonna work themselves out even in those moments when you when you're questioning it. And, and so there was just a lot of really positive insights to be heard from those women in that that first season. I'm glad that you said that because, you know, that was a big push for Brandy and I to start this podcast was just to have that network and have that sounding board, like you said, to have someone to push you and to encourage you. And, you know, we wanted to bring that into this podcasting sphere. And I love that you share that too and how it always works out and that these these leaps of faith, if you will, that people take is just inspiring. And it makes the rest of us feel like, okay, you know what, I could pivot, start over or do something new, even at 40. Yeah, especially some of the stories that you hear there. One one woman went bankrupt, she tried to start a business and she lost everything. And she rebuilt her way. Another woman was in the middle of a pandemic and was a, had a very senior role in the travel industry. The whole entire industry fell apart. Like, oh my gosh, what do we do? Another woman was in an abusive relationship. So yeah, there there are these things. And, and don't get me wrong, you don't need to be in some humongous, humongously devastating situation for you to feel like you're in a devastating situation, right? Even if it's just as simple as you didn't get the bonus you expected, it can be crushing for any number of reasons. So in all of those cases, I think it's great to hear other people go through that and know that there's something on the other side that's better. So that's, that's highly valuable. Yes, so much. Oh, I think we could talk about this for days. So you also mentioned skew. And I think that it's, such a fascinating business structure on how the organization helps to uh, support early stage brands and accelerate their business. Is there anything that that you have learned or anything interesting that comes out of the experience in working with such a cool organization? Yeah, and I'll say a little bit more about what it is for those who may not be familiar with an accelerator. It is very much like a training program. Founders, people who have started new uh, consumer packaged goods companies will apply into the program. They go through a rigorous application and interview process and they get selected and they participate in a 12-week program. That 12-week program has classes every single week. They meet with a selected curated group of mentors who's helping them on their business. And then at the end of the 12 weeks, they do a presentation, which is called a pitch, to literally the the world. It's open to anyone and everyone who would like to attend. And and that really helps kick them off into the next phase of their business. So they start to get investors and and new partners, et cetera, et cetera. And I've worked with them as a master teacher. I teach one of their classes on brand fundamentals, which is like brand purpose, mission, vision, and positioning. And then I've also acted as the curriculum director and a program director for their program that's specifically for for Black, Indigenous, people of color, which is just wrapping up now this this summer. And so what is so great about that for me is that I get to work 
hand in hand with these people who decided to do the scariest thing of all, which is to put all of their money and all of their time into a product idea. And and many times without knowing the space, without knowing what CPG is, or even knowing like how does how does it work to get your product at in a store? How does it work to hire someone to manufacture this product that I've made up? Many of these people they have no clue what they're doing, and yet they found their way into this idea, developed a real concept, came up with a product figured out how to get it manufactured, and they're actually selling product to to apply into these programs. Um, Or I should say, on average, these companies are making anywhere from $100,000 a year to a couple of million dollars a year, depending on the program. And so they've they've done this incredible work already. And they're coming in to see us, to see me as an expert, and I'm there to help them move along. But goodness, the stuff they've already done is, is so impressive. And, and that's really what I love about doing the work with SKU is that there's never a shortage of inspiration, motivation, and learning for me to be part of that process. Uh, I'm there to teach them, but they teach me 10 times more than, than I'm able to teach them. And, and that's super valuable, which is also why I, I tend to also mentor outside of SKU. I tend to mentor people particularly women of color who have their own businesses that need a little bit of support. Yes, I'm I'm giving up my time for free to them, but they're also teaching me about new things, inspiring me with new ideas that I can bring into my consulting business. And it's really just fantastic to be part of that energy in any way that you can be. I love it. I'm inspired. This is amazing. It's, a, it's just, I love the idea of women helping women and encouraging them and propelling them forward. So you, um, Kathy, you talked about your business, you know, podcast, consulting. And I think this is a question and something that, you know, we have mom guilt, right? And a lot of us are women in business. We struggle with work-life balance if there is such a thing as work-life balance. And I I had heard a quote from Shonda Rhimes, the creator of Grey's Anatomy and Scandal, who had said that there is really no balance. Some, some things are going to drop. You're not going to always be able to do it all. So what's your take on that? And what is your advice for others who are in this space? It's a good question. It's a good quote. And, um, and actually I don't think of it as balance at all, because the way that I approach my calendar is that my calendar is mine and my schedule and my time are mine. And I really learned that you know, doing my first um, business, my dual language business, I think we all come into this, we're we're with this idea currently that an employer or even our job, our our self-employed job is the owner of our time that from, you know, eight to six or whatever your hours are, um, your employer owns your time and you can't make any decisions on your own during that time. But it's actually a, a false narrative because no one's actually said that. There's there's no statement of fact that that time um, belongs to your employer. Uh, you, you have work, you have to deliver for them, but they don't own your time and you have a lot more flexibility in that than you think you do. And I want to like recognize that I'm saying that from a state of privilege, that there are many people for whom their time isn't their own, even if they are at work, as particularly hourly employees. And so we, we've got 
this privilege of being able to influence how our day goes and, and how much time we give or don't give to the things that we're working on. And I really learned that, as I said, with this, with this business, because that first business, because I put an investment into it. So I hired a virtual assistant to help me with that project. And once I had put money into it, I thought, oh, crap, I really got to carve out time for this. I don't want to waste my my investment. And and that started to open to my eye, open my eyes to the fact that actually I can find time if I wanted to find time for this. There is time in the day and, and not at the expense of anything else that I'm doing. I can just shuffle things around, change timelines, reprioritizing the way that I'm doing the work. Um, and that really made a big difference in the way that I started to think about my time. And once once I got through that, I started to think, well, what what else can I do? What are other things that I want to start working on, um, which is where the, the podcast came from. And, you know, I want to I want to just be clear that I, I'm not working from 7 to 11 p.m. every day. I think there's probably this perception about me that in order for me to do all of these things, I am busting my butt seven days a week. And, and that's just not the case. As a matter of fact, I have a hard rule that, that comes through 80% of the time that 3 p.m. on Fridays, I am done. I don't do any more work from 3 p.m. on Fridays all the way through end of day Saturday. I like to work on Sunday, so I put a little bit of hours in on Sunday. But that's how I run the show. And, and I try to stick to that, that schedule Friday afternoons. And so I think, you know, again, for me, it's less about balance, which implies that exactly how Shonda is talking about, that there's a sort of a give and take and more about deciding what I'm wanting to do. So if I choose not to do it, it's not that it's out of balance. It's that I decided that it's not going to take time this week or this day, and I'm going to push it off to another time. And, And sometimes I have to give up on things, but I do it on my terms. I I don't want to give this up, but I'm okay to give that up. Um, and that's less about me feeling guilty that I had to give it up and more that I made a, a you know a conscious choice to do so. So, you know, my advice to everyone is that don't wait as long as I did to figure out this truth about all of us and start to look at places in your own life where you can carve out time for the things that that you want to do, that you know that you are in charge of your time, no matter who or how you are working, ultimately you can make that choice. I love that you said it's a choice. So mm-hmm. it's, a, you yep. know, it's not like, oh, we have to balance and juggle all these things. And because I think we tend to look at it like, oh gosh, I dropped the ball. I didn't get to X, Y, or Z today. But instead you reframe yep. it to this is what I'm choosing to do today. And this is what I'll choose to do tomorrow. That's just, it's simple, but it's just not the way we're programmed to look at things. And I love that perspective. Yeah. And it's hard to feel like it's a choice when you work for a company and you're put in 50, sometimes 60 hours in. But again, you, you really do have more leverage than you think you do. Yeah. It's so hard to think about that when you are in you know in the midst of it all but taking a step back and looking at it from that lens it's things we know but it's hard to actually execute on extremely well i don't want to like lose that point because i i also don't want it to seem like i'm saying well this just easy like just choose to do it and move on it, it is really hard to do when you work for someone and it's hard to do when you work for yourself 
not as hard, but, but it is hard. So I'm, I'm not suggesting that it, you know, that it's super easy to do, but once you start, then it's easy. It is very easy for me right now, but now I've got a million projects and I've been doing it for three or four years where I make my own time the way I want to. It is a mind shift, but you have to start somewhere. That's why I'm grateful I had that one project that forced me to do it. That would be my advice is find the one thing and force yourself to do it. And once you've gone through that first experience, it really starts to become easy. But at the beginning, it is very difficult. And I think oftentimes as women putting those guardrails up, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I think we can sometimes feel that we are going to be perceived as being difficult or, you know, kind of bitchy or, what, you bitchy. know, let's, let's add any kind of other word to that. So I think there is a fear that when you give people these guardrails and not necessarily guardrails, but you have your boundaries, boundaries, thank you, boundaries that you want people to respect them. And it's not that you're trying to be difficult, but, but sometimes it's perceived that way. A hundred percent, not as a self-employed you know, person, because you're not, you don't have to respond to anyone, but yes, in, in the corporate world, it can be. And I think part of what, what can solve for that is what comes with maturity of our age, right? We, you know, we're, we're talking to 40 year olds here. We've, we've been through this for a little bit. And at this stage in our lives, it's appropriate for us to stand tall and, and say things matter of factly, and take what comes with it, right? We, we're What is great about being 40 is that you start to realize like, you know what? I don't give a fuck what you think about me anymore. Like I'm past that shit. I'm moving on with my life. Amen. And, and that's part of what we've got to bring some of that into the work though. Not, not because I don't care what you think about the work product that I do, but I don't think about, I don't care what you think about my guardrails. I don't care what you think about my boundaries. I don't care what you think about what I need in order for me to be happy. So long as I present that to you professionally and respectfully and matter of factly, which is the more important part of it, then, then I don't care what, what you think. And, or at least I shouldn't. And I'm saying it very plainly right now, but I, again, this is not easy. It's the same as we were talking about before, right? That first time you're trying to pull that bandaid off to go talk to a, a manager and say, hey, I can't do this project because that's going to add 10 more hours to my week and I don't have that time anymore. That's not easy, especially if you've been the person that's always saying yes and you just take whatever comes to now have to put up a, a boundary. That's really hard. It really is. But you know what? We do hard ass shit all the time. All the damn time, we do some hard shit. If you have a child, you've done the hardest thing. So you can do this. You absolutely can. You just got to just like pump yourself up, call a friend and say, like, help me out here. I got to go in tomorrow and tell this thing to this, this guy or this lady, and like pump me up. Yes, you can do it. it. It's hard. It's really hard. But if you push that head out, I promise you, you can do this. <laughs> I wish people could see us just nodding our heads like, yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So. You know, uh, there's a, there's an old stat. It's, it's not entirely old, but something to the degree of women are less likely to apply for a job that they want if they don't meet a hundred percent of the criteria. Whereas men are like, I want to say the stat said something like 
men would apply to a job if they met 60% of the qualifications. I don't know if that stat has changed since then, but I fall guilty of that as well. And also being on my own and, and consulting as well, it's like, oh, you know, I think sometimes we, we can easily talk ourselves out of a situation thinking that, well, you know, I may have not done 100% of this. Am I qualified enough to do it? And I think confidence has, uh, there's, there's a lot with confidence that could be a whole other podcast, but I'm not sure if there's something that you've seen or experienced or even heard in your podcast, Kathy, that kind of stems on women and confidence and, and going after what you want, even if you may not have a hundred percent of the experience or the qualifications for something. What I've heard in the podcast, what I've heard from peers and what I have personally experienced is that fear is not going anywhere. I am afraid every day, every day. I, I mentioned this um, course that I'm doing. It's my new wildest venture that's pushing me into a place I've, I've never done before. I'm terrified. I'm terrified I'm going to put this thing out there and it's not going to have the right information or I'm going to stumble on my words or like no one is going to find value in it. And, and that goes for anything that I do. Um, and I've heard this again from podcast guests and other people that I talk to that particularly are entrepreneurs and are working on something. What I would tell you is that I don't care about confidence. What I care about is that you do it anyway. And that's, I think, the thing that that I have also learned, you know, through this journey of doing all these extra projects is that you just need to try just do just fight the fear and just do it anyway, because you have no idea what's going to happen. And, and don't get me wrong on some things. My fear makes me go very slow. This course is a good example. I have been dragging my feet, but but I'm making little baby steps, little baby steps, little baby steps to get to the end because I refuse to be stopped by it. So yes, I'm feeling it. Yes, I'm uncomfortable. Yes, it doesn't feel right. Um, the same was true when I started the podcast, particularly as a solo podcaster. You have the, the, each other, which is very helpful. I, I didn't know if I was doing a good job interviewing people, if I had the right guests, was anybody going to listen to this? It's the same thing with a workshop series I'm working on. Is this going to be a value? Am I an authority figure in the topic? Absolutely. All of those feelings are there. And yet the next day I wake up and say, okay, what's the next thing I can do to move this thing forward? Um, and so for, for me with confidence, um, confidence is whether you have it or not, is just a thing I'm showing other people. It's so that other people are feeling confident back in me because they see a confidence in me. Um, so that's a benefit to you. But for me, uh, so that's a benefit to you. But for me, what I'm getting out of it is is not a lot. So I force myself through it anyway. And that would be the advice I give to people is, yeah, be afraid. It's scary. It feels uncomfortable. Oh, well, we got to do uncomfortable things again. You can do hard things. You really can. You just do it anyway. Um, and, and that sounds easy, but the more that you do it, it sounds easy the way I'm saying it. it's really hard, but the more that you do it, the easier that it becomes. What's the saying that you're not growing if you're not uncomfortable? Right. Yeah. Something like there's growth in the, the difficult parts and uncomfort, you know, um, you mentioned your podcast, you said fork in the road to so tell us more about it and what have you learned from it? 
Forty Little Road podcast I mentioned in the beginning is about women like I was that came into this moment in their careers or are in this moment in their careers where they're trying to figure out, do I stay? Do I go? Do I jump ship? Do I start something new? Do I become a consultant or a nurse or a stay-at-home mom? Like, what should I do with my life from this point forward? And I started that because I got so many people asking about my story. And and so season one was about interviewing other women like me who had gone through this moment in time and what they learned from it and and how they've been able to move forward and where they're where where they are at the end of that journey. Um, and the point was really just to inspire folks that no, no matter what you're working on or what you're doing, there's a way to get through it. And, and there's there's hope on the other side. And I think I learned quite a few things from that podcast. But one of the biggest ones for me, and that I've heard guests, uh, I'm sorry, not guests, but uh, audience feedback to me, is that you've got to trust that there's something coming. There's this sort of leap of faith that we make, which it's not different than what I was just talking about, about just going out there and just doing it anyway. There's this leap of faith we have to make that even though things are falling apart right now, even though I'm not confident in myself, even though I don't know where my career is heading or what the heck is going to happen, I have some faith that this is going to work itself out at some point in the future. I just got to keep plugging through. I just got to wake up every day and do what I'm doing and just know that the universe has got my back. Uh, there's this, speaking of quotes, this awesome quote a friend said to me early in my consulting career, and I say it all the time, which is I, I need to act like the universe is rigged in my favor. The, the universe is set up for me to win. So I could screw this up right now, but one way or another, the universe is going to push me back on track. And when I get to the end, whatever that end is, I'm going to be on top. Right. So I'm going to write that down yes. and put it up pretty much everywhere, everywhere really I walk should. and look at it in the mirror every day. <laughs> you really should. It, it just seems so powerful because it's saying you don't need to worry like you don't you don't have to worry. And that's easy to say about the immediate. Obviously, I'm worried about the immediate moment. Right. I am nervous about this course. I'm worried about this workshop series. I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to get the right kind of clients? Like what's going to happen with my teenage girls? Are they going to have boy trouble or, or trouble with friends? Sure. I'm worried in the moment. But am I worried that in 30 years I'm going to look back and the whole thing is is a hot mess? I'm not worried about that. The universe has got my back. It's going to work itself out. And so through all of the stories that you hear in that first season, that's that's a kind of theme. Even if they don't verbalize it, that's a theme that they're saying, like, I just had to push through with faith. You hear people talking about faith or making a leap or trusting that it's going to work out. And, and it's such an important, like, mindset to know that in the end, yes, in the moment, it's a hot mess. But in the end, it will be okay. It will work itself out. And, and I like to try to take that with me, which is so valuable. I love it. Write it down, Brandy. I'm so writing it down. I feel like this has been a little bit of a therapy session for me. It, it, I think so. It's very timely. <laughs> Kathy, as a female and minority business owner and executive, do you have advice for our listeners on how they can continue their journey and their path and doing hard things? Mm. That's a good question. The journey of doing hard things is very personal and individual, and we're each able to take only what we can take. I personally am a very emotional person, 
it's very easy to get me to cry. Like I can really get roped up into things. And, and I've never seen that in you ever. <laughs> I, I manage that. I really, I got to control it, but it exists. And, and I get personally involved in things. So if I'm working with you on, you know, your brand positioning, like I need this thing to be right because I want you to succeed. And, and, and now I'm part of the team. And, and so that's my way of, kind of processing the hard things, but everybody's got their own way. Other people get angry, other people shut down, other people, it it rolls right off their back. So I think the very first thing is just to have an awareness of yourself. What, how, how do I process this? Is my behavior right now, the way I'm acting, is this part of me processing or is this an appropriate response to what's happening, which is a really hard line to separate um, and to take ownership over your own feelings, right? It goes back to, we were just talking about setting boundaries in that, you know, as a consultant now, it's very easy for me to set a boundary with an, with a client because they know nothing about what I'm doing day to day. They don't know what other projects or meetings, they don't know that I can't deliver that that day because I'm on a, you know, a bus with my kids, you know, school project. They don't know anything. So that's easy for me to, to process. And when you have an employer, it's not the same. These people, they know your life. They know what's going on. They're sort of embedded in what you are doing day to day. And it makes it harder to have those hard, those hard conversations. But the first thing we got to know is how do I react in this? And what am I doing in my behavior that's contributing or not contributing to get this solved? And, and once we have that understanding, we're better able to sort of manage through what a conversation or the process might look like. And then the second thing that I would say is that you got to be clear about what you want. Like, let's, let's be clear about what specifically we want this to look like and what specifically we're asking for before we jump into a conversation about it. Because if we're wishy-washy, they're not going to take on you, take your, your commentary seriously. And then there's more room for them to negotiate uh, around what you want. So find what that line is, be really clear about what you want, and then communicate that again with a more calm perspective in an appropriate way that gets you to the answer uh, rather than leaning into your emotion. I think those would be the, my two big pieces of advice. This is completely, you were talking about that you're emotional, which I never would have guessed having just really gotten to know you through this podcast. Um, What's your Enneagram? Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh, oh, well then we'll have to follow up on that. I just, um, we'll send you a link. You should take the test and then maybe we can have another chat, but it's basically, you know, a personality type test, but it puts you into is it nine types? I think mm. it's really, it's really interesting. It's very telling about someone's personality and how they respond mm. to just different things, both in the workplace and then in relationships. Oh, I, I'd love to see that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I'll send it to you. Kathy, we have a segment called, let me tell you something. And it goes back to our new Orleans roots on the way we say it, because that's how we talk. <laughs> <laughs> and um, right. And so we want to hear. So we, it's usually a round robin where we all talk about something new, something that's happened in the week. But as our guest, we would love to start with you. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Uh, kids are back to school. And one of the things that always comes up it because I have two girls. I have two black girls with 
adorable little teenage bodies, which 40 year olds like to be jealous about. My sister and I always like, damn it, they look amazing, these teeny boppers. <laughs> um, and so what always comes up at this time is a school dress code. And you know, the issue of girls, particularly uh, girls of color who might have a more shapely body than their peers, always feeling like, you, you know, we got to cover up because these poor little boys can't sit next to us with our shoulders out. Or, you know, you might see a little creep of my, of my side, uh, side waist and they can't focus on their algebra. And it's such a frustrating and annoying topic. And, and you know, I, I speak really candidly with my girls about it. And they are also kind of impassioned and empowered about that. Um, but it's it's such a frustrating idea that we're still sort of censoring women's bodies, particularly at a young age. And I don't know if you've seen the the videos that go around on TikTok and Instagram of people comparing toddler clothes sizes. Have you seen this? Where they'll lay like a, a boy's pant down of a certain age and then girls pants on top of it. And the girls pant is like minute compared to the boys, right? That mm. even at that age, right? We're like sexualizing their body. Listen, that, that could get me riled up. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I, I mean, I know what you're referring to and I'm, you're making me glad I don't have daughters. Mm. Um, <laughs> Angel yeah. and I both have two boys. Yes. We're both boy moms. So. Yeah, you're lucky in that way because that issue of girls' bodies. I mean, you lived it yourself. You don't. Mm -hmm. You don't need a daughter, right? Yep. You know what it is. Oh yeah, yeah. For sure. You were raising two powerful, strong <laughs> women. I can say that. And you I have a wonderful so. example. Yes. To to model so. Angel, do you want to go? My yeah. You know, there's a lot for me this week. So if I have to you know, hone in on one thing, my, I guess in terms of, we'll stick with back to school since we're talking about that. Middle school sucks. Um, that is my, let me tell you something. Middle school is hard. This week has been so challenging in our household for my 11 year old, for me, my husband, I even feel bad for the little one because he's, you know, having to find his own way a little bit because all the attention is going to my oldest. Um, I get y'all, it's just every, it's, it's the balance. It's the schedule. It's probably puberty happening. I'm so happy and thankful. It, it is the weekend. I, these, these two weeks have been rough and I know there's nothing. I, I mean, I know Kathy's nodding her head, like we all, you've been there, you've done this phase of your life. So we're in this, you know, tween phase. Yeah. And I'm on the struggle bus. I'm not going to lie. Here's, I'm going to give you something to be thankful for. You don't have girls. So it, right? it can't be as bad as what I've been through. Could, could be I've worse. seen the mountain. I've climbed it. I've come to the <laughs> other side, girl. You, you'll be okay. I promise you. It's going to work itself out. Thank you. Thank you. Words of affirmation. I like. Well, um, I'll, I'll stick with the back to school theme. And I have the baby in this group, uh, my youngest started kinder this year, and he is a little firecracker. And we got a call on the second day of school that about his behavior. <laughs> oh, Easton. Oh, Easton. He has a hashtag that angel coined hashtag. Oh, Easton from when he was a baby. And he lives up to that hashtag every day. Always um, we had a long talk with him. And he's had smiley faces consistently. And yesterday he came home with a half of a smiley face. 
how do you get a half with, <laughs> with an email from the teacher that in the morning we had a little bit of trouble and here are the things that he did but in the afternoon like she talked to him and had a nice little chat with him and then in the afternoon he turned around his behavior and he's been great and he is very much like motivationally driven he is so smart and he just likes to push buttons he likes to see what he can get away with he's just very mischievous and it's one of the qualities that i love about him but it's also one of the qualities that is so hard to parent so to his face we have to be very like stern and explain to him that he can't do these things but behind i'm just like i hope that i am raising a leader and a boss and someone who can like you know make his own choices and he's just very strong-willed and so it's it's a quality and i was a strong-willed child too and still a very strong-willed person no. and hopefully that not me um <laughs> me either. and so hopefully no idea. That, yeah but he's he's giving everyone everyone a run for their money right now and it's it's actually really fascinating to kind of sit here and watch it all happen how old is he he turns six next month you got a long road ahead girl oh yeah oh yeah I have one of those and she's 15 now and uh they're tough and you're right and I think about that all the time like gosh I hope that you keep this forever because if you do you're going to be an amazing adult but right now you're hard it's hard horrible little person So that everybody can get to know Kathy a little bit more, we have rapid fire. So these are some of our favorite questions to learn more about our guests. Rapid fire. Just like that. (laughs) So Kathy, what is your go-to guilty pleasure? Something that you do for yourself every day, if you can. Every single day. And I am not guilty about it at all. I am a sleeper. I sleep I need eight plus hours. And when I wake up in the morning, I linger in that bed for at least 15 minutes and listen to a podcast and look out the window. And I don't care what anybody thinks about it. So it is not guilty at all. I'm a big sleeper. So you schedule that time. Like you say, I'm going to bed. This is my hard stop. Uh, No, no, I actually stay up late at night. It's more that I stay in late. I'm not an early riser. Thankfully, my husband is. So he's always done morning routine. And I just linger away my morning till I'm good and ready. So I schedule meetings accordingly. I do not start before nine. And I'm just a lingerer. I love it. Oh my gosh, I love that. You know, Angel and I were sharing this clip from Mel Robbins about this five, what is it? Five, four, three, two, one. And how she like rolls out of bed. I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) She like slithers out the bed. Yeah. I, I read that. I was listening to it and I've heard a lot about people talking about like how to start your day early and like, you know, waking up early is like the secret to success. Screw all that. I'm not down for any of it. No, I'm lingering. I'm sleeping in. I don't care. Okay. (laughs) It works for me. I love it. Okay, so you're in Texas. So I, you got, I don't know, y'all may get seasons a little bit. What's your favorite season? <laughs> my favorite season is summer. Texas makes it tough to love my favorite season, but I do love it. I like to be warm. I absolutely adore beaches. Uh, once I get done raising these two humans, I'm moving to a beach. Like that is my jam. So summer, hands down, period. Yeah, I'm with you. And I've been to um, Punta Cana mm. and oh my gosh, so nice. So I'm yes. sure you'll find yourself vacationing there too. <laughs> yes. 
Absolutely. If you could choose the best way for you to spend your day off, ideal day off, what would it be? This is a twofer because if I want to spend it alone, it sometimes I do. I've recently discovered the spa at the Gaylord Texan. And I, I'm not really a spa person. Like I haven't gone to a lot of spas, but in the last year I went there and, and now I've scheduled a quarterly spa day. Like this is how much I have loved this place. I'm going to the spa there. It's such a relaxing place. So that would be my alone time. Um, but more often than not, I actually like to spend my time off with my family. We, we're really close, the four of us. We spend a lot of time together, maybe too much time. Um, but I really love their company, the, the four of us, but also my extended family. You know, we're, this weekend we'll spend time together. I love spending time with my family. My family's crazy. They're big. They're loud. You can only take them for about 48 hours at a time, which is perfect. <laughs> but I love to spend time with, with my crew. That's what I would do. I love it. And scheduling spa time. Now, you kind of indicated to this earlier, but if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would it be? As to just relax, man. Everything's going to be okay. Just be be where you are. I say that to my girls a lot uh, about being on their phones, right? Like, we're together. You need to be on your phone. Be where you are. Which I could have said that to me. I'm worried about what's coming next and who's saying what and where are we supposed to be? Like, just chill. Just enjoy this moment. Just be where you are because eventually it's going to work itself out and you're going to be in an amazing place with an amazing family, amazing friends, amazing career. It's going to work itself out. Just the universe is rigged in your favor, girl. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I'm, that's it. That's our quote. The universe is rigged in your favor, girl. It is going to be okay. okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Kathy, I wish we could talk to you all day. <laughs> I know. Same. This same. has been this has been such a wonderful, phenomenal conversation. And I am so um, thankful to have had the pleasure of meeting you and doing this segment with you. Same here. Thank you. Yes, Kathy, thank you so much. I am, this has been the, I mean, it's only, you know, it's very early in the morning, (laughs) but it has been the highlight of my day. Of course, always seeing you and chatting with you. Cannot thank you enough. I wish we could continue our conversation because I know that there's so many other things that we could talk about Thank you so much for your time. Of course. And if people want to find you, Kathy, um, how do they look you up? How can they follow you? Yes. The best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Uh, it's linkedin.com slash in slash Kathy Galloway with a K, Kathy Galloway. But uh, you can also find me around Instagram, Facebook. LinkedIn is the best way to get to me. I'd love to connect with, with folks. Um, I do a lot of individual mentoring as well. Uh, if we connect with each other. So yeah, reach out. Okay, great. And we'll can put that in our show notes so people can find you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you again. Thank Have you. a good one, Kathy. Thank you. Appreciate you ladies. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. Angel, what did you think? I loved it. I, I think we're going to have to beg Kathy to come back because <laughs> I just, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. We're going to pull all of the best things that she has said and we're going to put them in a book or something. Um, <laughs> I think she needs to be a motivational speaker. I wanted to say that while we were talking to her. 110%. That's got to be her next venture. So I hope you guys enjoyed it and you know, stay tuned for um, our next episode. We're going to drop every Thursday and follow us on social at Talk 40 to Me podcast. All right. Thank you guys. Have a great week. Cheers. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening in. And as a member of our community, we want to hear from you. Follow us on social at Talk 40 to Me podcast and share your feedback on today's topic. How is the conversation relevant in your life? And is there a topic you'd love to hear us discuss? 
On that note, cheers to aging gracefully, living life to the fullest, and enjoying another day with your besties in life.